This is episode number four of my new video series called One and Done. This is where I take a deep dive into one specific issue of Sports Illustrated, tell some stories about the athlete, we look what's happening inside that specific issue, and then we'll look at some pop reports and recent sales. My name is James. I run this account called CGC Sports Illustrated. You can find me on YouTube, every social media platform, and via audio podcast. So today's issue that we're going to be taking a look at obviously is one of the all-time greatest. This is, in my opinion, one of the top three issues in the entire graded Sports Illustrated hobby. I'm talking about Michael Jordan's very first Sports Illustrated cover from 1983. So this one came out on November 28th, 1983. It is volume number 59, issue number 23. That is a very young, 20-year-old Michael Jordan, along with Sam Perkins on the cover. This photo was taken a couple of weeks before the issue came out, kind of early to mid-November. It was taken at Chapel Hill on the campus of North Carolina University. So think back to the fall of 1983. Jordan had just come off of the famous game-winning shot in the 1982 NCAA Finals where they won the national championship game. So Jordan was already making a name for himself when this issue came out. But I want to back up a bit and take a look at another North Carolina cover because I think it's really important as we talk about this one specifically. So this issue came out in 1981. And you can see Dean Smith here on the cover. And you've got his starting five in the background for North Carolina, 1981. But wait a minute. There's only four players. Now, Jordan was just beginning his freshman season when this issue came out. Jordan was only the third freshman ever to start for a Dean Smith team. In fact, Dean Smith was completely against freshman eligibility. Um, before 1972, freshmen weren't allowed to play in games, um, and Dean Smith was against that, but the NCAA changed things in 1972 where they allowed freshmen to play, which by today's standards absolutely blows my mind uh, that before 1972, freshmen weren't allowed to play games at all. And now so many freshmen are one and done and off to the pros or whatever else. Um, and Dean Smith had an additional rule that freshmen weren't allowed to talk to the media. And so part of that meant that Jordan couldn't be on the cover of this issue of Sports Illustrated with the rest of the starting five. So it's kind of crazy for me to think that this should have been Michael Jordan's first Sports Illustrated cover. But because of the way Dean Smith ran his program, it's not. And we have to wait another two years to see the actual first Sports Illustrated cover of Michael Jordan, which was this one uh, from 1983 with Sam Perkins on the cover. So some interesting things that I found uh, inside this issue. I, I, maybe this is just me, but I love looking through these vintage issues and I love looking at the technology changes. <laughs> so they always crack me up. So this is, this is not a cell phone ad. This is an ad for, at the time, which was a new technology called a cordless phone. Thought that was pretty fun uh, to look at that. Uh, next up on the inside, again, I, I love how these issues just kind of capture that moment in time. This is an ad. Uh, this is Mike Schmidt advertising Lee Jeans. That just screams 1983. Mike Schmidt and Lee Jeans. Uh, so that was an, another ad on the inside. I caught this too, a really long article about the SMU football program. So, of course, this was in 1983. Four years before that program would, uh, you know, get the death penalty and, and cease to exist in 1987. This was really interesting that I saw on the inside of this. I thought this was pretty cool. So this is a photo that was um, taken of Michael Jordan 
playing for Team USA. Now, this pick was taken at the Pan American Games in the summer of 1983. And what is interesting to me about this picture is he's wearing number five. And if you think to the 1984 Olympics, Team USA, 1992 Olympics, Team USA, uh, Michael Jordan always wore uh, number nine. So I had never seen him uh, photographed before in a uh, Team USA jersey that wasn't number nine. So kind of cool. Didn't even know that he wore number five for the Pan American Games in uh, in 1983. Okay, uh, let's dig into uh, the pop reports here. So this is the CGC census. Um, you can see over here, there's 106 total newsstand copies graded. There's four under the restored column, but there's 102 in the blue universal copy here, in the blue universal column. There is one 19.6. There is one 9.4, and there are two 9.2s. Now, these are absolutely tiny pop counts for an issue that's only 40 years old and of the most popular and collectible modern athlete in history. Um, you can see the bulk of the grades here land in the 706560 60 range. That's where the majority of them kind of settle. So why is that? Why do we have so few high-grade copies of this and so many mid-grade copies of this for an issue that's only 40 years old? I mean, that's old, but but as far as you know, graded magazines go, we should really be seeing something a lot higher pop counts in, in, that are that are in the nine plus range and not the bulk of them sitting in the mid-range there. Um well, let's take a look at the issue and uh, and talk about it. Really a condition-sensitive issue. Why is this? Got lots of color. Um, you know, Carolina blue, not real dark, but dark enough. Um, all over the front. Lots of color down the spine. The back, very full color um, and very dark color all across the back. So you can see that there um, on this image there. So again, the back is obviously just as important as the front when it comes to grading. Um, so that's part of the reason. Uh, this is a gatefold cover. So you see that little brown strip down the side that I'm kind of zooming in on here? That is actually page two or three. It is not part of the actual cover. This is what's called a gatefold or a trifold cover. So you would open it out and um, it would there would be some advertising on the inside too. But what this does is it gives you another seam so to speak so you've got this entire seam that runs down the front it's almost like having a second spine on the cover um so uh, another area where ink can come off really easily and uh and and your flaws can stand out and they can you just show up really easily but the big reason why this condition uh, why this issue is so condition sensitive is because of right here it was the college basketball preview issue, which means it is extremely thick and when you have an issue that is this thick, the staples put an incredible amount of pressure on the cover and the paper of the cover. So almost every copy that you see of this issue, if you look along the staples and along the spine, you will see tears along those staples. Now, sometimes those tears are small. Sometimes they're really freaking big. Um, most of the time, you've got at the very least tiny stairs, tiny tears along all three staples along the spine. So that's really... Um, why this issue is so condition sensitive. It's, it's really driven by that thickness uh, overall of the issue. So recent sales of this issue are really tough to find uh, because so few of these in newsstand ever come up for sale. I can tell you that I personally sold one through a private sale 
Earlier this year, it was a 7.5 and I sold it for 6,500 bucks. You can see this copy uh, that's at 6.5 on in newsstand sold on Heritage in October 22 for 1740. So that's kind of about the price range you're going to be paying for these mid-grade Michael Jordan first covers. I get asked this question all the time. People say, Jim, the Michael Jordan first cover that's graded at 9.6, if that were ever to come up for auction, what do you think it would sell for? And I've said this for a long time. I believe that if it were to be auctioned properly at a place like Heritage, um, that would be the six, first six-figure uh, copy of Sports Illustrated um, that's ever been sold. Uh, one last thing on one and done, and, and I, I this is a little bit different because this is not specifically about this issue, but it is about Michael Jordan. So uh, Walter Loss was a famous photographer for Sports Illustrated for a number, a number of years. And he, I saw this YouTube video and I thought it was so good and I wanted to share it. This is him talking about photographing Michael Jordan at the slam dunk contest. So we're going to watch this YouTube video because uh, I, I thought this was a great tie-in of Jordan and Sports Illustrated and a first-person account from a Sports Illustrated photographer uh, shooting Michael Jordan. My name is Walter Yost, and I've shot for Sports Illustrated for 51 years. One of the things I really love about photography is when I have a job coming up, I like the whole thought process of how I'm going to do it, what my background is going to be, my lighting, the whole process of putting those pictures together. I, I enjoy that almost as much as taking the pictures because so many photographs you take, take days or weeks and then hours to set up and you have 10 minutes to shoot a person. In 1987, I went to the slam dunk contest in Seattle and I'd set up the lights so it was a little theatrical looking. So, you know, I gelled on lights, not the standard lighting you do to light an arena. And one of the problems I found out after I looked at my take was if you didn't see the player's face, there's no picture. I don't care what his body's doing. Can't see his face. Pictures mean nothing. So 88, I go to Chicago. About three hours before the game, Michael's sitting in the stands. I said, I'm going to ask you something. I said, can you sort of tell me where you're going to dunk? And I explained the situation, my dilemma. Shouldn't have been his dilemma of what took place in Seattle. He says, sure, I can do that. I can tell you which way I'm going to go. Sit. How's that possible? He said, I'll put my finger on my knee, and I'll just point one way or the other way. I said, you're going to remember that? He says, you watch. See, everything's a challenge to him. The preceding dunk he made, and I was stationed right under the basket against the stanchion, and he fell into my arms. So on the last dunk, I go back to the same spot. And he goes from the end of the court, and he just goes like this. And I move slightly to the side. He takes off. That's the picture. I just thought that was a great story. Um, I came across that video recently and just wanted to share it as, as part of this video here. I thought it was kind of a kind of a sweet story for Michael Jordan. Everything we see and know about Jordan and his personality is he's just a freaking killer. And screw you. I don't care about you or anything. I'm here to win. And here he was just kind of going out of his way to be nice to this Sports Illustrated photographer so he could get, um, you know, as good a shot possible and, and do his job as good as he could. So I love that story right there. That's it for this edition of One and Done. If you enjoy these videos, uh, please like and subscribe here on YouTube. It really helps me out a lot. Um, also helps me when you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and eBay and Reddit. Um, it's the same username as here. It is CGC Sports Illustrated and subscribe to my audio podcast wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate you watching. Thanks so much.